0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a couple seconds and remember how much God loves us. Be reminded that He's right there with you. You are in him. You don't have to get his attention. You don't have to do anything. He's there for us. He's there for you. The circumstances you find yourself in are for you, not against you. He's not waiting for you to trip up. He's not keeping a scorecard. He's crafting you. And he uses our circumstances and situations a great deal in order to accomplish that. We've been talking about learning to recognize and exercise our power and authority in the supernatural realm. That also extends to the natural realm, but we're so much more comfortable doing that. When I say you have power and authority in the natural realm, you might have some understanding of of the different layers and the different ways you already exercise power and authority through your rights through your you know your age you know a variety of different ways your position at your work things like that you already understand how power and authority works in the natural realm well the supernatural realm understandably works differently And these are the things we're learning how to exercise the power and authority that we already have. Now, um, there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding and confusion in religious circles, especially, uh, you know, Western Christianity, about the nature of the supernatural there has this, we have this tendency to say that anything that's supernatural, we should you know, just stay away from, that it's dangerous, we're going to get hurt, that God doesn't want us to get involved in that. And yet he has put the supernatural realm as part of our realm. Your soul exists in the solical realm, functions in the solical realm, which is part of the supernatural realm. And these are, in, we're using words, I'm using words to try to convey something that I just don't have words for yet. You know, I'm, I'm still thinking about how to represent this in, in a graphic form, in, in pictures, so we can communicate about it more clearly. But in, in my understanding, and that's subject to change, my understanding is that within the supernatural realm, there are additional realms. There's like within a state, there are different counties. Within a county, there's a different municipalities. Within this country, there's multiple states. And within each state in county and municipality, there are different laws and there are different, you know, fields. You know, some counties are, you know, in the mountains, there's a certain lifestyle. Counties that are urban in the middle of the city, there's a different lifestyle. Well, for us, we live in a solical realm where there's a solical lifestyle, but there are other counties where there may be different kinds of angels and maybe there's an angel state and within that angel state you know that you know we are we have this idea about what an angel is we'll talk about that at some point in time but we can say within that state of angels there's all these different counties and within each county or realm there's different kinds of angels and they each have power and authority to accomplish certain things, and they have different lifestyles. But all, all angels have certain characteristics that are common among all angels. Likewise with demons. There's a, there's a state of demons, and then there's a, count, there's a bunch of counties within that state of different kinds of demons, and that's also within the supernatural realm. This being in the supernatural realm is not a reflection on their power and authority. It's like geography. It's This is where our soul exists. This is where angels exist. This is where demons exist. And I don't know about aliens. I don't know about ghosts. Uh, but that's where I'd put them, is in the supernatural realm they'd have, you know, aliens would have their own state and ghosts would have their state and whatever other critters there might be out there, you know, they have their. And if if angels, if animals had a soul, there'd be a, a state for animals. And, of course, within that state, there'd be a whole bunch of counties where, you know, one county is going to have mammals, another is going to have birds. There's going to be a commonality of what that county characteristics that live in that county just like geography but there's going to be diversity within that county within that uh, range of of those who exist in that realm that's a, a simplistic way of looking at it but that's where we need to start you know, on the one hand, you and I, if we look at, at one another, even before we were born again, we don't reduce ourselves to just a soul and a body, and our soul has a mind, will, and emotions, and we exist. We're, without even being spirit, we are more complex than that. Just as if we looked at our bodies you know, you and I look at one another. We look at ourselves in the mirror, and we see something that's familiar. We see our our face, our 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 body, what we're wearing. You know, we see the good, the bad, the ugly, the things that need to be improved, the things we're proud of. But it, it does not reflect the, our heart, our liver, our blood vessels. Doesn't we don't see on the outside all the things that are going on by necessity on the inside that we're breathing that we're thinking that we're digesting whatever it is we're doing on the inside and we don't think about it we just accept until there's something wrong that everything's working the way it should but we have an understanding that something's going on on the inside that our heart is beating, that we are breathing, that we are thinking, that uh, the blood is flowing, especially when we cut ourselves. There are consequences to how we treat our body, for instance. But we kind of still are working out how, for a Christian, how do we look at our soul? And when we, again, for our purposes, we look at our soul as a gift from God. And that you have a unique soul, I have a unique soul, but it was given to us for a purpose to achieve something in the process of bringing us into oneness, spirit, soul, and body, so that we can be one in him, one in God, one in Christ. So we have a goal in mind. How do we get there? Our soul is we're using the analogy of a of two sides of a coin one side are all the the negative things that our soul has experienced all the wounds that need to be healed all the lies that need to hear truth the generational curses the the things that the, that have happened that are in infringing on our soul, being rejoined to our spirit without even our soul being aware of it. And that part is, is what's separating. You know, That's where we develop the crutches. That's where we develop our, our control mechanisms, our ways of keeping people away or keeping people close, keeping God away or keeping him close protecting ourselves, controlling our environment. And God is working on all that to reunite our soul with our spirit. This is God's task, is to deal with that side of the coin. We can't do that. You cannot heal your soul. God is in the process of doing that, but you cannot heal yourself, your soul yourself. Yourself, again, is, is what your soul has created. It's like armor. Think of your soul, your self image is, is the projection of your, your soul. Your self control is an artificial attempt that, of your soul to control its environment and to control itself. But it's not, it's a, it's a fraud, it's a fake. It's, it's an attempt. It's a role. It's acting. Then on the other side of our soul is the solical behaviors, how our soul is meant to function. And as soon as we begin to, as soon as we are born again and re-spirited, our soul starts to cry out, on this side of, our, of the coin, to cry out to God himself, to be restored, to learn to live and move and have its being in Christ. So on the one hand, we're dealing with a false image of who we are, who God is, who others are. On the other, we, we're dealing with a side of neglect, that we are so consumed you know not not to be uh, ashamed or frightened of how consumed we be, have become with the natural. we you know hope so often you know that we can just survive until we die and go to be with God, or if you believe in some kind of you know rapture or you know, uh, event of any kind where we will just go from here to something else and not have to go through any changes. We won't have to deal with any discipline or, or correction or the pain of experiencing healing. Healing very often involves pain. And that's one of the reasons we, we avoid it. We avoid it for other re- reasons as well because it affects other people. But very often it's because there's often pain involved in the healing. So on the one, one side, God is doing his thing. And then on the other side, we are learning to live with the gift God gave us, our soul and our body. But part of that gift is the circumstances that you're in, the people you're around, the time you were born, the the age, the your you know whether your whatever your family's heritage is, the politics, the health, the quality of the water, everything is part of the circumstance that God has placed you in. not to test you not to challenge you so that you know you'll fail or you'll see how to humble you to see so you could see how how negative how bad you are whatever how weak but so that we can learn to live as a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body and part of that process is getting to know our soul not the you know there will come parts of you know as god heals your soul very often he will reveal to you sometimes the process but very often the results what needs to be healed and very often what will happen is by the time god shows you this is what he's healing in your life It's sort of like an iceberg. He's done 99% of the work, and he just wants you to be involved in the last 1% of the healing so that you can appreciate and value what God is doing and enjoy the, the process of healing. Sometimes, again, it's pain, you know, but that pain works, has an effect, and it works, and it brings us how do we know we're healthy? Because we don't have pain. So where there's an area where we have pain one day and it's no longer there the next day, we notice it. Oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. I'm not afraid of this anymore. Say there's a relationship and God frees you from, say, you're reacting in a relationship because of you've got buttons that are being pushed. And God, all of a sudden, you know, very often he doesn't remove the buttons, but he disconnects them. And this is something we learn about our enemies. They'll, they'll come along and they'll push that button. And we'll, he'll get the reaction. And then God flips, you know, disconnects the button. Enemy's still going to come around and, and hit that button. And we may even feel that button being pushed. But we just won't react. It doesn't, won't matter anymore. 'Cause that's the work God has done. Now on our side, on, on the side that we are to be involved in learning how our soul works and fully again we're going to be we we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. We we understand our body to some degree, but we don't understand and we don't exercise the power and authority that God has given us in our soul. Now, it's my personal thought that God is not going to bring us into an understanding and experience of the Spirit until we have gone through the training ground of our soul, of learning how to exercise the power and authority in our soul. So it's like we he's not going to bring us into college until we pass high school and high school is the soul so we have our temperaments and we have our strengths and weaknesses and we have our own understanding we have our own beliefs and doctrines and that those places where God is changing them he's committed to making those changes and we've talked about that you know god will take us around the mountain over and over again until he gets those things dealt with no that's part of his purpose and plan there's no surprises he's not like oh man how did i miss that why is he never goes why is this taking so long never he never he's never shocked that we haven't dealt with things or things haven't changed um he's got good timing for everything but he gets our attention for a reason one of the things we can learn quickly and this is why we've always emphasized so much learning to wait on him learning to hear his voice learning to have confidence that we can hear him so that if he you know has something to uh that he wants to complete and he's done the 99% and he the last thing that needs to happen is for us to be aware of it, if we are closed off to his voice, he can't finish that he doesn't he chooses not to finish it because he wants us involved in his work. we are yoked together with him we we carry the burden with him of our soul of our the our history in our in our soul, in, our, in, the, in the past, present, and the future. But so he will do things in our life to get our attention. And we've talked about the three areas being finances, health, and relationships. But he does, he does that to get our attention. And then when he gets our attention, hopefully we can ask him, okay, God, why? you know i you've got my attention what's next and we can ask he may go okay this is this is the change i've brought in you this is the freedom i I've, I've given you this is what's going on and sometimes he doesn't use one of those areas again we want to be the more the more receptive in recognizing his presence his speaking to us the less he has to use uh, you know major attention grabbers like it's it 's better if god doesn 't have to send an angel with a telegram to tell you you 're going in the wrong direction you know if 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 you 're waiting for that you're you 're being presumptuous about you know that God should have to do that every time to tell you okay you 're going in the wrong you, you 're going in the wrong direction you 're making the wrong choice or you know, you're treating this person bad or you're, you're thinking, you know, wrong thoughts about yourself, whatever it is. If we think that, okay, when God does this, when God, you know, sends me a telegram, when I, you know, when I get a phone call from God, you know, that kind of thing. When there are, when he speaks to me where I can't miss it from an external source, that's too late not not you know that's not what we want we don't want to push god into a corner where the only way he can get our attention is through extreme measures let's put it that way not that it's not too late because nothing's too late but it's like we've missed him step a step b step b c and here's step z and he's had to send us an angel with a telegram so let's Be responsive to them and miss them. We're still going to miss them at the A, the B, the C, the G, the H, the L. We're still going to miss them. Fine. But you know what? We have all the way to Z And, and beyond because this is a learning process. And the process is what God values because it's through the process that we are changed. And it's through the process that we learn appreciation and we learn Patience, and we learn confidence. So many of these things are simply related to being alive here on this earth, and being alive. T- time-wise, spending time, experiencing time. But so we look at how we live as a solical soul, being, and if the one side of the coin is God's responsibility, the other side of the coin. Not so much our responsibility, but who we are. Again, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And now that you're a spirit, you're a living spirit, you're always a spirit being, but your spirit is either dead or alive. If you've been born again, your spirit is now alive. It's been enlivened and is one with God. So God... How God thinks of you is already settled. He loves you. He can't not love you. And his love is unconditional and absolute. And he values you and, and he's a proud of you. And whatever you need from him, whatever you need to hear from him, he's ready to say it to you. It's, it's done. It is finished. But our soul is still in process. So let's say there's an area about you know you believe a certain thing about you know that you let's say you're, that you believe you're a failure, and God's over here healing your perception. Maybe there's a wound. Maybe somebody in your you know family always told you you'll never amount to anything, and you took that in as truth. Well, that's not true. So God's gonna in His time in His way. You know, like a Jenga puzzle, he knows exactly what it takes to, to pull it out to to speak truth to that lie, and he's going to do that. but in the but as part of that, that affects how we live as a solical being. So while he's working on one side, work, we're working on the other, and they do affect both, you know affect each other because it's one coin. It's one object. Our, we have one soul. So, rather than it being two sides, it's we want to look at: Are we trying? To, are we putting our time and energy and effort into doing God's job, and leaving our job undone? And again, our job is to learn to live with the, using the power and authority that is in our soul not so we can accomplish something but because the process of learning is valuable to god and valuable to us but it produces something that god wants us to produce in us first first of all it produces that unity that restoration of our soul with our spirit but think of think of whatever Project or accomplishment or uh, kudos you've ever gotten that you're the most proud of. How did that make you feel? That you did it. You that gives you confidence in that area. You know, let's say it's a sport. You get confidence that you know how to that you know how to golf. That you, you know, uh, know whatever it is you know how to do you know you know how to drive you don't have to wonder okay now each time you get behind the wheel now how does this work once you learn how to do something you you know how to do it and sometimes you get better at it and sometimes it just becomes just part of your life well that's the part of your soul that you've already come become familiar with but there's more and now that we've been born again and our spirit has been started the process of being reunited, now we, you and I can turn to learning how to make the most of our soul. Not ourself. God is dealing with yourself. It's our soul. Your mind will, you know, this, you know, God is committed to restoring our soul, quickening our mind, you know, um, bringing our emotions into alignment with our true identity bringing our behavior, you know, working patience in us, giving us courage, boldness, so we can uh, do the things that he asks us to do, so we can get out of the boat and walk on the water when he says, come. Peter did that out of his soul. Out of his soul, he responded to Christ, because his spirit was still dead. Nobody had been, nobody was a Christian yet until the resurrection. So all the things that, you know, when, when Jesus sent them two by two and they came back so, so ecstatic that they had power and authority over the devils, that was from their soul, not from the spirit. It wasn't God. It wasn't God. It was their own power and authority. And that's why there's an artificial, that's why there's a counterfeit. It's still the soul, but the intent is different. The desire is different. The purpose is skewed. And this is why we, we don't want to negate what our enemy does, what those who, you know, hate God, hate us, you know, worship Satan, for instance. We don't negate what they are doing because they're doing it out of their soul. At some point in time, we may talk about the dynamics between our soul and how our enemies use the power and authority that we have relinquished to them, but it's not your soul. They, you can't relinquish something that God gave you. It's your soul that God gave you, and he's, he guards it. And again, we'll probably get into that at some point down the road. But for now, be, be thinking in terms of your own soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Again, we've talked so often about the different abilities, the latent abilities that are in your soul. Hopefully continue to spend time doing, you know, basically homework, set aside appointments to be thinking in terms of, and and God might put books in, in your hands or You know, a person who can teach you. You know, if you don't speak in tongues, seek out people who do. If you don't want to speak in tongues, that's fine. But ask the Lord if that's uh, something you are resistant in or if it's just not important to him because he's got his priorities. And so one of these days we are going to get to, What's in the you know, in the description of the podcast about um, waiting on God, um, speaking in tongues, and um, all, there's different things we can learn to do to habituate our soul to live in the soul realm. So hope please be encouraged, but also be developing habits especially of of, being, of waiting and meditating and being available to God and learning to hear his voice. That's what you'll need to go forward into what God wants you to, to develop, what the talents and abilities in your soul. And I don't mean your musical talent. I mean the talent of your soul that you have, that God gifted you with. So anyway, feel free to drop me a line at dianeattherainersclub.org. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.